Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head, challenged by their thoughts, the voice in their head, and their beliefs. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Add Valued Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. It's time for you to add value. Just wanted to mention this episode was recorded earlier. And as our audience grows, we just wanted to share some of the value from our earlier episodes. Today's guest, Megan Johnson, is a business nerd, dream maker, strategy boss, and confidence-boosting business coach. She helps her clients get confident AF and turn their service-based businesses into revenue-generating machines. Megan works with female entrepreneurs and solopreneurs to help them slingshot themselves out of the valley of despair and into empowered entrepreneurship and consistent income. Please help me welcome Megan Johnson. Megan, I am so thankful that you're willing to join me today. And I just look forward to our conversation and learning so much about your entrepreneur journey and the journeys of others that you've equipped and are helping take that leap into you know run, running their own business. And so tell me a little bit about what drove you to start your company. Well, first, thanks for having me. It's awesome to be thought of and um, I'm glad that we've at least run in enough circles to where um, I had this opportunity. So thanks for having me on. Um, what drove me to start? Well, um, I kind of was uh, in my career, they kind of basically gave me an ultimatum that said I got had to move full time to Washington, D.C. or get a new job. And it uh, turns out I really like my marriage and the man I married. And so <laughs> uh, I didn't want to put him through that. And I knew he wouldn't be happy there and that would make neither one of us happy. And so it just kind of started the ball rolling of like, well, if I don't continue this path that my career's on, what would I do? What, what would I change and what would I do? And so I really changed my whole life and quit the, a career in the Department of Defense that I'd been in for a decade and decided uh, I'm going to go back to business school and I want to help um, continue to empower uh, people and women in the in a on my own terms instead of under somebody else's agenda. If that makes nice. sense. Yeah, that's so cool. And so, how did you choose coaching? Well, I think I always kind of led towards teaching and mentoring. Um, I always, um, I always just kind of fell into that spot. I was just naturally ended up there with people my whole life. Uh, I I was always trying to help people. Um, and I knew I had a specific set of talents that I that women need, really. And I'm making massive generalizations here. Uh, everybody, every human is different, but I we got to speak in generalization generalizations sometimes. And um, like, for instance, I remember getting off of the bus in basic training and seeing women fall apart all around me. Like they just could not handle getting screamed at, you know what I'm talking about. Like I do, been <laughs> like, there. <laughs> and uh, I was not, um, it wasn't the first time I'd ever been yelled at. Like I was really good at being yelled at by the time <laughs> I was <laughs> 20 years old and got off the bus at Lackland Air Force Base. 
But uh, as a generalization, the women in my flight just fell apart. They couldn't handle it. And so I, I spent a lot of basic training just like kind of coaching them. Like we're listening to the message, not the medium. Like all he's really saying is go over there quickly and line up. That's all, all they're saying. It's just coming across really harshly, you know? Uh, <laughs> so I kind of fell into that role. Um, and that carried with me through that entire career, uh, just helping people understand their circumstances and how they can better themselves towards the goal that they're reaching for and how maybe they might communicate differently and how maybe they might approach a, a scenario differently and help them identify what gaps they have um, or what barriers to that success is. And so I kind of was always in that role um, and always in kind of the training and education environment in, in my career. And so coaching was just a natural fit for me. Nice. <clears throat> so what, what made you choose entrepreneurs? Uh, well, I'm, I'm such a nerd, a business nerd. Like I love, I love just looking at the data and figuring out how can I operate differently because of what the numbers, what the market is telling me. Uh, what my capacity and capabilities are. And I think I can just, um, I don't know, I have a knack. I have a knack at, at seeing it. And uh, I, so I went to business school at the same time starting my business. I went to business school, got certified as a coach, started my certification program and uh, opened my business just like in this full, like totally double barreled it on my way in. Like I'm just going to do everything at once. And uh the first couple of years, I was really like trying out, like, do I want to work more just with mindset? Do I want to work more in the business sense? Do I want, you know, I just didn't really know where I was going to land. But through business school and my teachers were great and the program was great. I was in a specifically in an entrepreneurship program. I knew enough being a part of small businesses in the past to know that 80% of it, I'm going to be kind 80 percent of it really isn't the information that you need like you don't need business school i promise you to be to run a business well to make profit to have great margins and do well in business and so i said well what if i just what would i actually teach is the things that came to mind as i'm going through school and i got like it became a hobby of mine to just like think about like, what would I actually do if I ran a business school? Um, so then it became like, well, I'm a coach. Like I'm certified as a coach. I know how to help people through that process of figuring things out for themselves and empowering them in that way. What if I just apply the two together and uh, I help people become better version of them and make more money? Like, and like, create a better uh, platform for their family and for their life and for their future and for the legacy that they leave behind for their kids. Like, that's what I want to do. And from then on, it was, that's it. That's, that's all I want to do. Nice. It's so fun when you're, you, you, you dig in it deep enough to find a passion yeah. um, that matches. I mean, obviously our passions should match our gifts. And, and when you dig deep enough and put them together, that, that can be so fun. So tell me a little bit about um, the, the value of connection and, mm. and growing your business. 
I love this question. First of all, great question. Uh, I think connection is everything. We were teasing before we started recording that I'm such an introvert, right? Um, and uh, so I really enjoy my alone time. Uh, so even for us introverts, uh, connection, if, even for me, is so much more special. Uh, it's so important to me, connection to other people um, at every layer. Uh, you know, I, I th talk with my clients a lot about their businesses. We talk a lot about revenue. We talk a lot about those systems and processes in place for your business. But we also talk about like your mental, emotional and spiritual life, because if you're not well, your business can't be well. And one of the most important, in my opinion, parts of that wellness in your life is connection to others and connection to self and uh, connection to your mission. And if you if you don't have if you're not feeling connected, well, let's work that out first so that you can be well so that you can make your business well. Uh, so for me, I think connection is really foundational to success in in anything, really. Absolutely. <clears throat> so how how has connection helped you in your business? Mm, great, great. Uh, I think uh, being connected to the right people is important. And I don't just mean like uh, like work a room and figure out who's the person that might be uh, the next client of yours, the person you can make the next deal with. Like, that's not what I mean at all. Uh, what I mean is connecting with people. You know, it's like the who's in your room book. Uh, and that that whole premise is what if you only had one door into the room and the people that came into your room couldn't get back out? And so being really careful about cultivating those relationships, not just for you, but also for your business of people that get you, get your mission, get what you're doing and help you grow. So for me, it was really important uh, because basically I had to start all over. Uh, my network, I had a really established network. People knew who I was when I showed up. Uh, but as you can imagine, the intelligence community, which I came from, is is a silo. It's a vacuum. And uh, so I had to start all the way over building a completely new professional network. And I was really specific about it. So I started really like interviewing and dating possible referral partners and possible great connections and people that I, I knew would help me develop that network, uh, but were also like-minded and made me feel good and I could help them and it was reciprocal and healthy for both of us. So um, I think connecting in the proper way is super, super important to do it intentionally um, because I think, and tell me what your experience is with this because um, I know that you work with a lot of new business owners as well, that sometimes people do this shotgun approach and say, I just want to meet everybody and have coffee, have a hundred coffee dates a week and meet with everybody. And then pretty soon they are just exhausted with no real great connections. Well, I've seen it two ways and I've started to recognize that a lot of the networking groups that required the one-on-ones and you do these one-on-ones as a coach, I think it, it waters down the message because now they want to be your friend and then they don't want to pay you for coaching. <laughs> is is the first thing that happens, right? I, I don't want to go to lunch with you. If you want coaching, I, let's schedule a coaching call. Sure. Rather than, you know, this this long drawn out <laughs> relationship building. Right. Um, and 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 I agree that 
there is this idea of, you know, well, I got to have a one-on-one with everybody in the room. Well, yeah, if there's 50 people in the room, that's, you know, that's one a week for the next, <laughs> the entire year. Right. Um, that can be, yeah, that could be draining. <laughs> Apparently you don't have time to build your business if all you're doing is one-on-ones. Right. I think uh, with anything, entering into it with a goal in mind is important. Like, what is the purpose for this connection? What do I see the value that I bring to the connection and that I can receive from the connection uh, is is really helpful in that process of figuring out what connections are important for you to develop at any stage of your business because it's going to change. Um, yeah. from really early to mid to later on more mature stages. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, it's kind of like the niche idea, right? Like mm-hmm. being able to be selective in your connections is like being selective in your niche. And in the beginning, you feel like, but, but I can't. I, I got to help any, anybody with money, mm-hmm. any, any anybody that calls. anyone. If the phone rings, they're they're my client, right? Right. <laughs> and, and you forget the value of – I mean, the niche just helps – narrow down your focus mm-hmm. <laughs> and and start with this you know the more narrow focus you are when you start then the more you find your voice and develop you know the right voice to have to attract yeah. that right audience and that's what it has to fit your connections and so i think being selective in your connections that match your niche is so powerful so yeah. mm-hmm. so i kind of blew my next question so so how did you how did you niche? Obviously, you serve women entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Is it is it even tighter niche than that? It is. It is. Uh, it's actually early stage. So really early stage is important to me. As I uh, obviously dweebly built out my business plan uh, and just exhaustively worked on my business plan, uh, <laughs> I was in business school. <laughs> so as I as I did that, and I did a bunch of market research, um, the industry is heavily skewed towards later stage businesses or more mature businesses, um, scale businesses in scale or businesses in growth. And um, frankly, that's because they have more money because they can pay higher ticket prices. So understandably, I know why coaches do that, but there's a gap in the market. There's There's a need for early stage business owners to get the help that they need. And um, then I did more research on the four stages of learning and the Dunning-Kruger effect. I'm super nerdy. I won't go into all of it. <laughs> you, but you layer all this research together and there's this phenomenon. It's not a phenomenon. It's scientifically proven uh, called the valley of despair. When everything's hard, you don't know what you don't know becomes I know what I don't know. And it feels impossible to get through that. And overwhelmingly, that's where businesses fail or people quit. And in my opinion, more often people quit so they don't fail. Uh, But uh, (laughs) I saw that that is where young business owners, young in their business, not young in chronological age, young in their business, that's when they quit or fail. That's when they need help. So I said, what if I can just double down figure out a way to help slingshot them through that value of despair and into the confidence and competencies that they need to be successful. Uh, so that's what I've developed all of my entire business around is really grabbing them when they need it the most and pushing them through to the other side as quickly as possible with the least amount of pain <laughs> as possible. 
Well, I love that. I mean, part of why I started doing groups was because the people that I felt the most inclined to help couldn't afford a thousand dollar an hour coach. Right. And if I can put 10 of them in a group together, mm-hmm. then they, they spread that thousand dollars over the 10 of them. Right. And, it, and it makes a huge difference. Plus, you get the mastermind effect of oh, 10 so- like-minded people going going in the same direction. And so I found it so much more valuable. Um, and then I'm getting as much value out of the room and being paid for it. So, right. <laughs> it's, but, but it's a similar audience, right? Like I love that image, right? Understanding the way water works and the way a wave works that there's, sure. there's three parts. And when they're in that trough, that's yeah. the, that's the low point, right? It feels like, ah, you know, total despair. But if you can hang on in that low point and ride it to the, to the peak, (laughs) then you're surfing. And uh, that's a pretty cool image. Yeah. And the thing about it is, and that you can't avoid that. That's just a part of learning. That is just a a part of the process that is unavoidable. And you're going to go through it again and again. So it's not like you get to do it once. It's not like puberty. Like you go through it once and you never have to come back. Uh, (laughs) Dang it. Unfortunately, we're going to go through it again and again. But if you understand that, and a lot of what I teach is how to how to manage that and how to push through that and how to self-regulate through those processes and identify gaps and barriers to push yourself through it as quickly as possible, those those valleys, that value of despair gets a little bit easier to manage each time and you recognize it as part of the process and it's exciting because you know what's on the other side. Right. And, and you know once you get to that other side, um, everything gets way better and you can reach a new peak before, uh, here we go again, I'm ready for, a ne- I'm ready for the next uh, level. And uh, so Truth while is, that's there's... comforting, it's the truth. Yeah. There's there's no there's no growth if you quit in the trough. That's the challenge. And so many people do it in business. They do it in relationships. Certainly do it in marriages. Um, and if you don't push through the through the challenge, there's no learning. There's no. I mean, it's kind of like the boot camp experience, right? Like it's designed to be painful and designed <laughs> to push you to to growth that you've never experienced before. Right. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to be in boot camp with a few friends, although nobody that we were smart enough not to let anyone know that <laughs> in the process. But at one point, Marine Corps boot camp at the time was divided into three phases. And first phase, you're all bloused up and you're you're not allowed to blouse your boots. Nothing looks good. And right. you walk around like a mob instead of marching because you don't know how to march and we're not going to their time. And in second phase, we're in the pit and they're using physical fitness to just wear you out and break you down. And, and the drill instructor said, do you guys want to go back to first phase? And, you know, everybody's crying or whatever. And, and I turned to my, my friend from high school and I'm like, dude, we've made it. Like, right. Cause if first phase was the worst they've got, we already <laughs> did that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and for us, it's just like, all right, we're done. We're in there smiling. These other guys are crying. Stop laughing. Stop smiling. Because they didn't get it. Right. They, right. Didn't, they didn't understand what that, you know, that message really, you know, sent a message that, hey, that was the worst they've got. So this is going to get easier. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's uh, it's it's like they gave us eyeballs through the trough. Right. Like You're in the valley of despair. But wait, 
this isn't as bad as that one that was before. So guess what? Right. But I think one of the things that I try to work with my clients is recognizing that business is science, right? Like you, you put out a marketing campaign and then you measure it and you see if it worked, you know, you put, put out a lesson and you see if it worked <laughs> and, and, and instead of seeing those as failures, you see those as experiments that, yeah. that are giving you information for the next, the next experiment. And, and it takes away that despair idea, right? Because now we're just, we're going to put it out there and see what the numbers say. Right. <laughs> right? And, mm -hmm. and separate it from the despair of, oh my gosh, I need to make a thousand dollars this month. <laughs> yeah. And, you know? and I hear a lot, well, it's bad. So I'm bad. Oh. It didn't work. So I'm, I'm not working. And so I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I'll even take it one step further, which is saying also like being objective about it and saying, this is the business. This isn't me. This is an app. This is a, a single effort. This is a single data point. This doesn't make me bad. This doesn't make me wrong. This doesn't make me a failure. Even if you have a total bomb of a program that you put out or a total bomb of a service line that just didn't connect, uh, that doesn't make you terrible or wrong. That just means we have to learn from this and do do it differently. So I totally agree with you. One of the things I talk about all the time is separating emotional decisions versus rational decisions. And I talk about it in data database decisions. So let's collect data as we move through our businesses and as we go from week to week and make the decisions that are based on data. Nice. And better outcomes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and, and our culture sets us up for what you're talking about, because what's the first question we ask anybody we meet? What do you do? What do you do? <laughs> and, and so we've tied our identity to our job, to mm -hmm. our career. And, yeah. and, and it's not, you are not what you do. Right. <laughs> and so, so yeah, I, I think helping people separate their identity from their business and, right. and recognizing Obviously, you're you're the solopreneur, right? You're you're all there is for your business, mm -hmm. but your business making it or not making it has nothing to you know is not a reflection on your capabilities or or abilities or identity as a person for sure. Mm -hmm. and so that's really good that you help them start separating that. Um, I think as a culture, we need to, to separate that. And I'm just trying to figure out more and more creative ways to answer that question when people ask, like, you know, what do you do? And instead of just like, oh, I'm a entrepreneur coach or I'm a business coach, it's like, no, I help people recover their dreams and <laughs> believe yeah. in life again. <laughs> help yeah. people love what they do. Um, maybe, you know, maybe you say uh, personally <laughs> or professionally. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> on the weekends yeah. or what, what do you mean <laughs> there you go uh, i love that so what have been some of the most effective tools for you for building your audience oh great question uh i think uh this is probably less tactical than you're looking for but uh like just being super you is really important uh I, I definitely struggled with the same things a lot of my clients struggle with now, which is like, what persona do I go out into the world with? And uh, breaking down like the what I think I should show up into the world with, with it, it instead of like trying to figure that out and always trying to put on a mask or a persona, just going and being in the world, 
being you and talking about what you do and uh, showing that passion to the world is going to connect. We talked about connection and that's important. It's going to help people connect with you 12 times. I'm just throwing a number out here. Uh, 13 or 14 times faster than you putting on a mask and saying, I'm Megan Johnson, the business coach. Like, nobody gets that. But if I say, hey, let's help you get your poop in a group, because that's something I say all the time, people are going <laughs> to connect with that and say, oh, I kind of get her. I get her and I get what she's about. So um, that was that's the first thing is just being really you uh, and figuring out that doesn't mean that I share everything publicly. I keep, a, I have pretty strong boundaries around what I share and what I don't share. Um, but I'm always me and that's important. Um, and then, uh, the first stage for me was again, really, really, really figuring out that network of people, uh, that works really well. And I kind of, I kind of teach a bullseye technique of finding the five people that are really important and then expanding past then, um, but beyond that, like social media is a great gift. It's a gift and a curse. We, we struggle with that. Uh, all of us, I think, but social media is a great gift to new business owners as well. And to be able to reach a broad audience quickly. Um, so that was, that's been important to me and my, and my, uh, my growth as well. Nice. Now, obviously you're pretty confident when you made the leap from, Department of Defense intelligence community to running your own business. But what is it that, that helped you have the confidence to, to make the jump into entrepreneurship besides not wanting to abandon your husband? <laughs> well, well, it is my husband. It, it is my husband. He's a, he is a, absolutely uh, the greatest thing in my life. Uh, he is the, the human that made me blossom into a a strong, independent woman that is sits in front of you today, uh, because the way he loves me and supports me and encourages me, and uh, without that support, there was there was absolutely no way I would be here. Um, so uh, I believe in like fake it till you make it, like show up confidently until you feel confidently, sort of language. Uh, but without without Taylor's support and love and being a ear and being a sometimes a like a a crash test dummy for some of the things that I was doing. Um, there's no way I would be here today. So uh, hands down, without question, my marriage is the reason I am successful. That is fantastic. I'm so excited to hear that. Yeah, he's great. Uh, I'm I'm a firm believer, in, and part of my company name for is is based on the the Bible verse: "Build each other up." <clears throat> you encourage one another and build each other up, and. I recognize that as my primary role as as a husband and my primary role as a as a parent was to encourage and build up my kids. Um, and so I'm super excited to hear that that's what your husband does for you as well. And oh, he's great. You know, it's funny. He uh, has no entrepreneurial bone in his body, like not a, not a, <laughs> not a single one. Uh, he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand the drive. He doesn't. Uh, I mean, he loves me and he supports me and he's so positive about it. But that doesn't just like I don't get why basketball is so cool. I, I'm never <laughs> going to get it. Like I'll watch a basketball game with him. Right? But uh, it's kind of that same thing. Like I just I don't get it. It's not for me. Nice. Uh, but he's 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 so great about it. And so I think secondary to that is connecting with people who do get it because 
entrepreneurship, especially solopreneurship, isn't for the faint of heart. <laughs> Amen. You're getting beat up out there. You're questioning everything you've ever done and sometimes want to commit yourself. Uh, it's very hard. So you need a tribe of people that get it as well. Um, and so I love that you do group programs for that. That's what I, I've really found very successful in the group programs that I've done as well is creating a tribe of people that understand because there's some things I'm just going to get a glossed look from my husband on because he just doesn't get it. And that's okay. Right. I need people that do get it. And so I think second to that is really, really finding the people that were my tribe that get it. Absolutely. Well, and I know, I know most of your tribe, uh, at least those five that are, that are really close to you. And, and so just uh, what a great group of women that, that are empowering each other and, and, walking this journey basically hand in hand yeah, and we are. check check it in day by day month by month and every quarter in the mountains and yeah <laughs> and just really making sure you know what that these five businesses are going to come out in the world and and kick butt <laughs> together yeah. that's pretty cool i really love that that you guys keep doing that and and are just such close friends and such close partners and collaborators um that's that's creating your own community uh, and adding so much value to each other. Um, so I think that's super, super powerful. Yeah, it's really, it's really important to me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here um, in the same state or form that I am in without those, those ladies. They're so important to me on every level. Yeah, that's fantastic. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Add Value to Life Coaching. Want to learn the mindset secrets of successful entrepreneurs that have been shared on our podcast? Well, you can get them for free at addvaluemindset.com, addvaluemindset.com. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So let's talk a little bit about gratitude. Okay. The impact of gratitude for you or, or in, in, in your, for yourself and maybe for your business. Uh, I think I am oddly one of those weird people that I, I'm like really good at it. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't think I was always really good at it. Uh, it's one of those things. It's like love. It only creates more love. Gratitude only creates more gratitude. Uh, there's no negative, no negative consequences to being grateful. And uh, it's only better when you share your gratitude externally from your brain and heart. Uh, so I think it is one of the things that helps me be more healthy, both mentally and emotionally and spiritually, when I share my gratitude. And I am specific about looking out and finding the things that I can be grateful for. Uh, because um, some days are tough, but there's always something to be grateful for. I remember when uh, early days in of the COVID situation and every single one of my clients is freaking out. Like, what am I going to do? And it just felt like this, like waterfall of panic was coming down on me and the ladies I work with. And like, what are we going to do? Uh, and I just remember saying, there's always something to be grateful for. There's so, there's so many opportunities. We are in a great place. Let's push through this. Um, and that's an extreme um, example because it was terrifying. I mean, we were all there. Like, what 
what's going to happen next. And the rules changed every two days, sometimes two hours on what we could do and how we could operate businesses and what we thought would happen next. But gratitude was one of those things that I think really comes up for people in those times and helps you push through and helps you understand like, man, even if, even if something horrible happened and the business shut down or I lost every client for something I couldn't expect, man, I am, I am so grateful for the experience that got me here. I'm so grateful for my marriage. I'm grateful for my home. I'm grateful that the sun made a beautiful sunrise this morning. Um, and it helps you go, okay, there's a lot of good. Let's keep going. Amen. So that's yeah. it's critical to your, to success, I think. Absolutely. Well, and I think you, you, you hit it on the head because now that you've made the journey and even if it was all taken away tomorrow, you know, you could do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even if it, you know, if you had to change your, change your focus or change, you, you know, you could build an audience, you can right. provide a service and, and, and do something that helps people. Yeah. And even if it looks completely different, I, I assume you're, you're at that point in your, in your business to recognize I'm never going to work for somebody else ever again. <laughs> never ever. Because it just, it's just, it's just, that's the part your husband will never get. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's those okay, moments but... and you got to have clients like this. They'll call you every once in a while. They're like, I just applied for four jobs. You're like, why did you just, why did you just apply for four jobs? You're like, I don't know. Everything's bad. And I don't know when I'm going to get the next client. You're like, Stop applying for jobs. Like you're doing fine, right? We all have those moments where uh, you question and you're and you're worried. Um, but uh, the benefits are are well beyond financial. You don't stay here for for financial benefits. You you stay here for a lot of intrinsic value. Um, uh, and results that you get out of becoming a better version of yourself and providing more value to the world and being more aligned with your mission and all of those benefits are worth more than dollar, any amount of dollars, knowing that it's like one uh, tiny drop and all of the ripples that are coming out of supporting the world in the way that I support the world and serving the mission that I serve helps uh, beyond the effort that I put in, in a single hour or a single day or a single year. And so for me, that's in incredibly motivating. While I could be one of 40,000 at a, a large department of defense company or a defense contractor, uh, that is totally replaceable and they could bring somebody else in with a similar resume and all of that would be done without me. Don't get me wrong. I love the mission. I love what we did. I'm very proud of my service. I'm really glad I got to do that. Um, but I'm I'm much happier serving in the way, <laughs> serving people in the way that I that I am now. It's just it's uncomparable to me. Nice, yeah, so important. So let's talk about mentors. Okay. <laughs> what do you think of you know? Obviously, you are a mentor, but how have mentors? How are mentors valuable to an entrepreneur? Uh, it is so valuable. Whether it, whether or not you find a um, a very specific mentor relationship and you enter into a formal mentorship agreement, um, or you just have people 
peripherally that you look up to. Maybe you never even speak to them, but you follow their teachings and you read their books and you see what they're saying. Uh, finding people that are ahead of you um, and understand what you're doing and where you're trying to go uh, is like a free master's degree sitting in front of you, but all you have to do is ask. Uh, so the most, like I said before, I'm not bashing on business schools. There's really great ones out there. Business schools, business school, but you're going to get so much more out of a mentorship agreement or a mentorship relationship uh, with somebody that can understand you care about your future and show you the ropes, teach you what they know, challenge you, push you and help you on your journey and, and the path to success. So important. Nice. Wouldn't it be cool if you could pay mentors with your student loans? Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm going to take out this student loan. I'd like to just give it to you to teach me everything. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about character and the value of character as an entrepreneur. Uh, we talk, you know, in business language, we talk about core values, right? Uh, and so that's just a business term for character. What character are you going to bring? Like the character actually comes from the etching on one's soul, right? That's the name. That's what it, that's the language that it comes from. I know you know better than I do. Uh, but that that language means so much. Like what is what is the writing on my soul about the person that I'm going to be? How do I want to show up in any circumstance regardless? Uh, because that's just the the nature of who I am. Uh, and uh, character is one of those things that cannot be faked. You can't fake it. And people are going to see through it. They're going to know if you are saying I have this character and I operate in this way. They know they they can tell people are famously good at, at sniffing that out. Um, so operate in alignment with your character is really important, not just for your life, but for your success in business. You you must. So and you're going to attract people that are uh, of like character. And so when, when I work with clients to develop core values, really what I'm talking about is what are your values and how do we bring that into the business and how you're going to serve the world. And uh, so for me, I've got a, a few really, really important ones. And if you don't at least show me that you have similar uh, values, you don't get into my room. You just, you don't, uh, like your values might be great and fine, but they're, they're, they're not they're not welcome in my room. So go do that. And uh, this is this is how I'm going to operate. And it makes decisions really easy. And it makes trusting referral partners really easy and uh, clients that pay you really easy because you guys are all aligned in that same way. So um, character is a personal word uh, that bleeds over to every every part of your life and especially your business when you're a solopreneur. Absolutely. Well, I love digging into values, right? I mean, obviously that's that's like day one work yeah. <laughs> with an entrepreneur, right? Dig in because yeah. most people haven't dug into what what's really important to them and and helping them identify, you know, those five or six values and that that really matter. Yeah. Um, and and I like that you tie it to their niche and you tie it to their audience, you tie it to, you know, their clients because that that's really the people that are going to be in the same vibration as you, that yeah. your spirits will be aligned and, mm -hmm. and, and you just, you feel good when you're in their presence, right? 
Right. And everything from just not only like the copy that you're putting on your website or in your emails to like, how am I providing the service? One of my core values is steady. Uh, it's just steady. Be show up, be steady, be like, be a rock for, for the people in your life. Like that's really important for me is, is steady. It's just the word that I use is be steady. Um, and so that's one of the ways that like I, I work with clients in a way that other coaches don't because I'm like, we are going to connect and I'm going to be there and it's, you're going to have trust in this relationship. And so steady is, is really important. Actually, I, last night I did a, uh, a talk for the group level up that is how to, how to understand what rules you have around your values. So based on your character, you have you have values, but then you also have rules about how people give you that um, show you that they they understand that value, um, and also how you show that. So um, like security is also really important to me. Safety and security uh, is really important to me, um, and so I have rules on if you're in my life, uh, how do you show me that I'm safe with you? And then also, if you're in my life, how do I show you that I feel safe or that I'm, I, I'm providing safety for you as well? And so we have all these rules around that and you have them in your marriage and in your with your children and with your um, business partners and with your clients. So if you understand that you're teaching people these rules or not teaching them the rules and expecting them to live by them, you're either creating congruency in your business and in your life or incongruency in your business and life and getting what you want or not. Nice. Yeah, I talk about the, the difference between um, expectations and agreements. Yeah. And and if you're if you're putting expectations on your relationship or on a business partner or or on you know just somebody that you're networking with, if you have expectations but you haven't talked about agreements, then it's not fair to hold those expectations. Um, but if you don't even know what you expect, right? right? Most people most people have expectations, but they don't know what they are. Because right. they haven't done that exploration work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's so good, right? To dig into those values and understand how how you apply those values in your business and then how you help other people see or or know that those values are important to you. Yeah. That's Doesn't so powerful. Like this at like starting at like grade four. Could we just like teach people this? This part that you get to de- you get to decide what you value. You get to decide what your rules are. Let's communicate with the world. Like, I don't know. It was more important for us to learn cursive than than like, there, emotional intelligence. <laughs> I've actually I've actually considered creating the class. All you need to know about business you didn't learn in school, right. <laughs> and 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 starting with with mindset because I'm a firm believer that you choose how you feel each day. <laughs> you choose. I mean, it's a choice. No matter what's happened in your life, whether I mean, I'm a big advocate of, you know, your your dog could have died, your wife could have left you, your all of those things can happen, and they're just events. You still choose how you feel, and yeah. and our culture is at this place where where so many people are choosing negative and choosing mopey, miserable lives that they don't have to. Right. Um, and the nice thing about entrepreneurial circles is most of those people are at least at a place where they're open to recognize, Ooh, I can do this. I can do something different. (laughs) I can, I can be something different and they're, they're moving in that direction. And so that's why I love working with entrepreneurs because they've taken that leap, right? They've taken a leap that most people won't take. And once they've taken it, I want to be there with them. And I want to, 
I want to push them up the hill. <laughs> Right? right they might be pushing a big rock but they don't have to push it alone right. so it's I kind wanna... of like that term self-made and most everybody thinks about self-made as well i just i made this business happen and i created all this income and i created all these jobs but really it starts with making yourself you have Absolutely. to become you have to be self-made before you can be self-made uh so i love that you're teaching that yeah, so much, so much of what we do is about awareness, right? And and being aware of not just your numbers in your business, but being aware of your mind, body, and spirit. And mm -hmm. there's so much power in our mind that we aren't taking advantage of that you can apply towards your business and and success. Right. <laughs> I mean, I firmly believe God created us to be successful. God wants us to do more. He wants us to participate in this world with excellence and, and do exceptional, amazing things. And, yeah. and so many people are content with, yeah, status quo or, you know, just, just, uh, just, just survival. And yeah. we're made for so much more than survival. Uh, and it is, it is a heartbreaking. And as like a, a bleeding heart people, like I just always want to help people person. Uh, it is hard for me to be uh, around those that have just given up and said, this is just the existence that I have. And I, I'm just going to go with the flow to whatever happens to me. And the, the life happens to me instead of me happening to life kind of mentality mm. is, is really difficult for me. It's kind of one of those things that once you open your eyes to it, you can't unsee what you've seen. Right. Uh, and it's just painful. It's it's hard and painful, especially when it's people that you love, people in your family, people that you love. And uh, it's not always appropriate for me to like rush in and like take them by the shoulders and say, hey, would you open your eyes with me? It's so great over here. Uh, everybody's got to go on their own path. But it is really difficult for me to 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 be around and and to be close with with folks that just don't see that, don't understand that or don't experience life in the same way. Absolutely. And that's why it's so valuable. That's another place where you choose your connections, right? <laughs> you're, you're choosing not just who you want to connect with, but choosing who you want to not be connected with. Right. And had to make some of those tough choices as well, um, just because, yeah, there's there's people that aren't in alignment. Right. And like you said, they're not allowed in my room because I've put up I've put up a boundary, I've put up a wall and it's got a door now. And if you want to come in the door, you've got to knock and you've right. got to fit. Yeah, I know and the secret password. That's right. You can't come in here and be stealing my vibe and, and sucking my energy out. No 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 uh soul vampires are right. <laughs> are allowed in. No soul that's, suckers. That's right. I like that. So all right, we're gonna jump way off track. Okay. So what's your, what was your favorite or your most memorable date? Like, like date, like romantic date? Sure. Yeah. Well, I hope it was with your husband. I, I can't even remember what happened before him. We like, <laughs> what was life like before that? Let me think. Me neither, but uh, I've been with my wife for 30 years. So <laughs> uh, one time Taylor came to visit me, he was in college and I was like an E2. Uh, came to visit me in one of my tech schools in Arizona, Fort Huachuca. And uh, we were very poor and scraped together like every dollar to get him a flight and a rental car. And so we were so poor that I was like, well, let's drive down to Tombstone, right? So let's go to Tombstone or Bisbee or one of them, one of the nearby little um, cowboy towns. 
and we drove down there and all we could afford was like a mini pitcher of beer and like the free popcorn like the free popcorn out of the machine and we had to have eaten like four or five of these little bowls of free popcorn and one <laughs> mini pitcher of beer and uh we like we took our time just like slowly having a sip every now and again to sit in the cool bar and uh listen to music and and just hang out and be together but uh i'll never i'll never forget that it was one of the funnest times and it wasn't glitz and glamour it wasn't anything but just That's having awesome. him having him get to see me and like how many bowls of popcorn are, are we going to be able to get out of here before they kick us out and tell us to stop being free <laughs> freeloaders uh, that was one of my favorite memories <laughs> that's pretty cool thanks for thanks for sharing that that's so fun <laughs> so so what inspires you oh so many things um I think always getting better is, is, is something that drives me every day, always trying to improve. Um, and I don't mean like by numbers or revenue or anything, but just be mastering myself more every day or getting better at gardening or getting better at communicating or whatever it is. I, I always want to improve. That's something that, that drives me and inspires me. And so I get excited about new opportunities or experiences that give me that opportunity, give me that chance that it, that inspires me. Um, but I get like super hyped up about just how much effect humans have to help other humans. Like there's so much out there that we could do to help each other and, and make a better world for us and, and, and each other and our future and all of that. So um, how the smallest little things that we can do uh, sometimes have this massive butterfly effect of, of, of changing the world and how that everybody has the capacity in their life to affect others. I don't care so how privileged you are. I'm very grateful for my life and what what I have and that I have so much that I can I can do and get back in the world. Um, but you can be without any resources and without a lot of time and and still make a huge impact on on people and and a positive future. And that's super inspiring to me. And that's opportunity is boundless that's so fantastic so so obviously you you understand the value of contribution what what has contribution meant to you as you've built your business <clears throat> in being able to impact others that aren't necessarily clients uh i think i'm always uh i'm always in i'm always finding a way to 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 con con excuse me to contribute wherever I, I can uh, that's important to me because uh, givers gain right what you what you give out to the world will always come back to you and um, just doing good in the world for other people is important whether you're dropping off a meal for somebody that needs a meal or like just had surgery or whatever it is um, it's that is the name of the freaking game of life like if we if we go down to brass tasks like what is the what is the purpose why are you breathing air if you're not helping the world be a better place for even just for your family even just for your kids like what why especially you not just even especially we should we should especially be doing it for our spouses and our kids like i love that you shared that taylor because that's that's what a marriage really is supposed to be right like building each other up making 
I, my goal, and I assume Taylor's obviously is the same, is to make my wife the best woman possible, the best wife possible, the best the best mother possible, right? I want to equip her and help her in, in, in doing that. And and it's, it was never a competition, right? right? Hollywood and everybody else tries to portray marriage as this battlefield mm. and and you're competing for resources against each other. And wow, that, that's not the case. And, and I agree that that's the way all of humanity should be, right? Like that's our, we should absolutely be looking for ways to help other people. That, right. That's it's as simple as that. And what's really cool about it is we live in a country and in a time that, that we can get compensated for that because they're improving and getting better and, Mm -hmm. and improving their income and their resources. And so it's job, Like just creating one job. uh, Look at what you're doing for a whole nother family. You're, you're creating opportunities for them to help more people. So this like, it, like I said, this drop in the bucket that just creates all of this ripple effect in the world. So go out and be productive and create things in the world and and make the world a better place. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that that means that you need to be Mother Teresa and give your give your life up and your business up. I think your business is this. Your business yes. is this. Um, and yes. so that is a, such a productive, healthy thing for for yourself and, and humanity. And uh, thank you for thank you for writing the ship on on the conversation on especially your family because the point I was trying to make was you don't need to start a nonprofit you don't need to go and spend a year in Africa building wells that's great please do that if you're called to do that awesome good for you but you can also just like pick up the trash on the street that's great too you know absolutely yeah and and it should start with your family because if you can't do it with your family there's no way you're going to do it for others talk about authenticity yes. people know <laughs> they will know absolutely that that's the definition of hypocrite for sure because yeah. you're putting on a mask you're playing a character and mm. and and we figure those characters out pretty fast mostly because well, most people can't carry them on and all oh, the media and social media are just waiting to take you down if you're not living in alignment with your values or, if, you, or if you're saying your values are one way and then you're living a different way. Oh, yeah, hard. absolutely. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, you, and you don't want your clients to experience that because mm-hmm. at the same time you're telling them they need to be living out their values and, and you're not living out your own. That's not to say that you there's not room for making mistakes, right? And, right. You know, Sure. We're human, but uh, for me, there's there's values that just have boundaries, right? And yeah. and I've established boundaries to protect my marriage. I've established boundaries to protect myself, <laughs> and and that's kind of like what you said about you know negative people. Like there, I have a boundary that they're not allowed in because 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 I'm not going to let them take me down, and right. and that's that that's just self preservation. You know, I want to. I'm a, they say you're a conglomerate of the five people closest to you. I hope those five people are building you up and, and, and are headed where you want to go. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what it's. And if they're not, then choose, choose different people. <laughs> yes. You get to pick. You, you get to pick. Yes, absolutely. Just like you get to decide if you're going to be happy. You get to decide if somebody gets to have a, a piece of your life. Um, and it's also, I think, okay, I have different rules with Taylor than I do with anybody else. Like, so you, like just because you live authentic, often, 
authentically, excuse me, uh, doesn't mean that you have to live consistently. Everybody doesn't have to be consistent under the same set of rules. I'm not going to communicate in the same way with my clients. They don't have the same access to me. They don't have the, I don't, I don't share the same things with my clients that I do with my husband. And my husband is different from everybody else in the world. And so um, while you need to live consistently in your values, you get to have different rules for different people as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's hard. That was one of the hardest things for my kids growing up as pastor kids, missionary kids was, you know, well, dad, you act different at the church than, than you act at home. But it's that, it's that different set of rules in a different, in a different room. Mm -hmm. But that also challenged me, like, am, am I being honest in that? Right. Am I, mm -hmm. you know, and so I allowed when my kids made that statement, it wasn't just, I didn't just blow them off. Right. That right. was a, that was a character check because <laughs> wait a minute, am I still holding my values or am I recognizing this is a different role? Sure. You know? And of course, you know, your kids see the worst of you. <laughs> I mean, if you're honest, your kids, your kids see it, you know, they see you when your, your guard is completely down and, and you're, you're who you really are. <laughs> right. And, and the problem is you don't get to do that in, in enough spaces anymore, right? Yeah. We should be able to do that in our business. We should be able to do that with our clients. Like you said, be you. Yeah. That's that's such a great foundational rule. Be you because yeah. the world doesn't need any more Robins. <laughs> right. well, it's like uh, people say it's, it's so difficult to uh, live a lie because you have to keep track of all the ways that that lie exists in your life. And I mean, I, I was a teenager at one point, I've lived this, like, I know what that is, you know, uh, but, uh, and it's exhausting, right? It's the same thing with not being you like, okay, well, what would this version of me say? And then what if two people that know different versions of me walk into the same room? Like, how do I then manage that situation? No, you just be you. Just right. And it's easy. And you don't have to like figure out exactly how you're going to adjust everything. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's sitcoms that are based on that whole idea. <laughs> it's Mrs. Doubtfire at the oh, restaurant when he was going and changing back and forth between Mrs. Doubtfire and him. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. But what a, what an effort to see his kids, right? Like <laughs> that, that was, that was such a great story. Such a good example of that. And so, all right. So what do you love to do in your free time? Hmm. Uh, this is just turning into a, like a love fest for my husband. We love to travel. I love spending time with Taylor. We always have a project. So we do a lot of projects around the house um, and garden. I love to garden. I have my first like legit vegetable garden this year and it's amazing and so fun. And <laughs> I'm just growing things and nature just wants to grow and it's amazing. And like more credit belongs to nature than me, but it's been fun. Um, I'm an avid reader. I love reading. Um, and, uh, paint by numbers also. Paint by nice. Numbers. My wife and I, I got my wife two of those for Christmas and like, they, they were crazy. Like I, I literally had to get out like glasses <laughs> to help me find the smallest spots and see the numbers on some of those. Cause they're like, whoa. Yeah. There's some tiny sections with some tiny spots and some really tiny numbers on them. <laughs> yes, there are. But you put in, if I put in my earbuds 
and listen to a book, like a novel, not like a workbook, but I listen to like a novel and I'm at Paint by Numbers and like my world is just in my ears, I'm listening to a story and in my eyes, I'm just painting and it's paint by numbers. So I don't even have to think about what I'm painting. I'm just, uh, so I don't have to put thought there and I can just lose myself in a story and stay focused here. It's really centering for me. It's a really great way to just kind of lose the, the, the worries and the cares and the weight of, of everything else in the world. Even if it's for an hour, it's, it's a really great way to kind of center and, um, you know, just, not have any responsibilities for a little while. That's turn, really nice too. <laughs> turn that voice, turn that voice off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty good. Um, all right. So now you're sitting across one of your new entrepreneurs. You already got their foundational work done, right? But what's the the last piece of advice that you want to give them to to just kick butt in their business? What would Megan Johnson's words of wisdom? Uh, effort counts twice. It comes from an, an excellent book called Grit by Angela Duckworth. Um, excellent book. I suggest everybody reads it, especially young people. I wish that I had this book in high school. Uh, it's an excellent read. Uh, but it all comes down to the equation of achievement. And uh, in that equation, in that equation, effort counts twice. And I, there's so many quotes and brilliant people that have, have talked about this. And it's so true uh, that I don't care how much talent you showed up with. I don't care how many resources you walked into a room with. Every business I've started has been bootstrapped. I'm bootstrapped. I started with nothing. Um, it's all about the effort. So your uh, gas, give a shit, your <laughs> gas and effort are all about your success. And so if you put in an intentional focused effort and you look in the mirror at the end of the day and you know that that effort was true effort, not just calling it in and going through the motions, there is no way you can't be successful. You will be successful with the right amount of effort and consistent effort. There's just no way you can't be. Nice. I love that. That's consistent, it. Consistent is powerful right mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta do it every day yep. and yep. like just work out whatever it is that's uh, don't get me wrong there's some there's some serious boundaries that we have in being able to put in effort depression is real anxiety is real needing like scarcity and like true scarcity in your life like i've got to feed my kids so i can't just put in all this effort in the business got it like please feed your children uh there's a lot of barriers there, but the effort sometimes is working out those barriers so that you can put effort in the place that you want to. That's effort too. Absolutely. So everything, everything else is an excuse. Oh, nice. I love that. Well, Megan, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story and, and sharing so much wisdom. Um, I sure appreciate you taking the time. And uh, Jess, I just can't wait to see where you and all these other ladies are are continuing to impact the world. Thanks for thanks for having me, and I just so appreciate um, your insights and what you do. And um, I can't wait to see where this podcast goes. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com.
We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. ADDValueMindset.com In our next episode, Christopher Worth and I discuss how many talk about success leaving clues, but Christopher believes that failure leaves clues, and we should be paying attention to those clues. If you want to create a following, follow someone who is doing it and do what they do. He also talks about how we rise when we lift others up. He shares his no-quit story and about his new planner to help organize routines. Mm -hmm.